All right, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is this week. No, it's not. Sorry, look at that. Totally messed up. This is Location Weekly, uh, episode number 444, formerly known as This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Yes, we have new branding. Hopefully, you've seen it by now and uh, you like it. Um, give us feedback. You know, uh, we always want to hear about what you think. Like the show. Give us some ratings. Give us some stars. You know, all those kinds of things. Uh, reach out to us on social media and, uh, and tell us what you think. Uh, Brianna, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I think I'm better than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm fighting, fighting the cold. Yes. Fighting mm -hmm. the cold and uh, back from Vegas, which is like fighting a cold all in of itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was a good conference last week. Um, a lot of good leads for, for my new company and even for LBMA too. I think there's, there were some interesting location based, um, data companies there as well. So um, yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. You know, guys like the trading desk and folks like that were there. So it's interesting. Yeah. So uh, we've got a good show for you. Three industry news stories, three member news stories. Uh, and as always, Abriana will kick us off. All right. Well, we are starting this week with uh, some food delivery updates. And so Delivery Hero, which is um, a very large food delivery app uh, in Europe is buying um, Wuwa. And um, so Delivery Hero is based in Berlin and Wuwa is based in Seoul. And they are the biggest food delivery service in South Korea. Um, and so Wuwa has over 8 million monthly active users. And the goal of this acquisition, um, which is a ton, but the goal of this acquisition is to help uh, Delivery Hero be able to really take over all of the, uh, the Asian market. And um, so outside of China, they have the goal to grow their presence and make it the biggest platform uh, for food delivery. And so, um, you know, we've seen so much growth and movement in food delivery, you know, across, across, across the globe, really. Um, and we saw last year, $8.2 billion were, were invested into uh, food delivery startups and, um, you know, raising capital. So um, investors are not backing down from this. It's still a very big opportunity and lots of, uh, you know, I would say like merging and acquisitions and movement in the space. And so um, there's still lots of opportunity. It's not, it's not, uh, the score has not been settled yet <laughs> in terms of who wins. So uh, yeah, more of an announcement, but big, big time acquisition there. Another $4 billion one. Another $4 billion one, like PayPal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there's a lot of money going into this space. I think that um, there's a lot of consolidation also happening because when you get deals of this size, um, you know, it means that, uh, you know, the investors are kind of looking to kind of, you know, sort of clean up the cap tables and, and figure out um, kind of a, a path for it. Apparently, uh, Just Eat uh, was also offered like $5 billion or something. Um, or uh, 5 billion pounds, 6.6 .6 billion uh, US dollars and turn that down. Um, so there's a lot of big, big bees flying around, big billions, uh, you know, flying around in the delivery space. So yeah, I, I think we're going to see much more activity in this uh, going into the new year. I think we're going to see new startups as well as uh, a lot more consolidation. So delivery hero, buying Wuwa. All right. Moving on from there, <clears throat> our second story is about a company that I hadn't come across before, um, maybe you have, Ariana, called Mad Systems. Um, and these guys have been granted a patent. Uh, it's patent number 
10,484,818. It's a system and method for providing location information about registered users based on facial recognition. Their system is called Looking Glass Concierge. It uses facial recognition to identify and locate people, and then it logs each member into a group, either using pre-entry data submitted prior to the visit, on-site using a self-service kiosk, with assistance from a staff member or various other methods. Um, so basically they're, you know, like a lot of people, they're trying to build audiences and, and profiles. You know, in this case, they're tying it specifically to facial recognition. Um, you know, we know the challenges that this is facing in the North American market, but in obviously in markets like China, uh, you know, this is like everyday business. So um, I think it, I, for me, it, it's, it's just a matter of time um, before this becomes sort of table stakes here, you know, we use it all the time, you know, whether it's to unlock our phones or, or what have you, um, just a question of the commercial applications of that. And, and, and I think too, you know, there's, while they're talking about facial recognition, I think there's a clear distinction in the market today between facial recognition and facial detection. Um, so obviously one recognizes the person, the other one is really more about mapping the face geometry to understand whether it's male, female, approximate age, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, and I think we'll see a lot more of, of the latter uh, going into 2020, but uh, I, I think there, there's certainly a market uh, on the rise for, for both detection and recognition in this space. So uh, yeah, check them out, Mad Systems. What do you think? <clears throat> I have heard of Mad Systems before, and you know how I feel about the facial recognition, that it is borderline creepy, but there also is a convenience factor, and you think about things like you mentioned unlocking our phone, or what about when you use Clear to travel, you know, you are using some level of facial recognition there. Um, and so I think that for ease of use and for certain um, and specific use cases, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, for checking in for you know some type of automated payment or you know something like that um, Just the convenience factor alone. I think is it allows people to be more open to uh, Using this type of technology even in North America But you know, I think that they just have to be sensitive about the use cases and how they they utilize it and that they're giving something of equal value in exchange for it. So um, I you know, I like the story. I like that they're they're testing out new things and um, a patent is interesting, so. Yeah, and they, they, like they're seeming to focus it around high-end AV experiences, um, you know, um, amusement parks, museums, uh, you know, those types of things. So I can see it there for sure uh, in, in terms of creating really interesting visual uh, and, and potentially auditory uh, type of, uh, you know, synergies there with this type of data by understanding kind of who's there and, and all of that. So um, it, it not, you know, when I was reading the story, I was kind of thinking about what we talked about last week with media and some of the other sort of the, the, these sort of sensory marketing companies that, uh, you know, are, are really doing a lot in the space. So anyhow, check it out, Mad Systems. All right, moving on to uh, our ride sharing company number two, uh, <laughs> Lyft. Um, so Lyft is actually rolling out something new that I don't think Uber has done. Um, so I think this is interesting because typically, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, with a lot of the big companies you'll see, for example, you'll see like Apple do it, then Google will do it, or you'll see, uh, Instagram, you know, copy a feature that, that Snapchat has put out first. And in this case, Lyft is, uh, it seems like they're starting something fresh, um, as far as to my knowledge and new and so we'll see if uber follows suit here but they are rolling out rental car offerings 
Um, so this will start at $35 a day. They're testing this out in two different markets in Los Angeles and in, um, in San Francisco. So in Los Angeles, they'll have Mazda CX-5 SUVs and Mazda 3 sedans. Um, and then in San Francisco, they'll have Volkswagen Atlases and Passats. Um, and so the pricing they say could change, you know, based on factors like when people rent and time of day or things of that nature. But um, they're going to allow anybody age 22 and older with a valid driver's license to rent this. And what also is very interesting about this is that they provide a $20 ride credit to help with the cost of getting to and from the rental pickups. So, um, you know, this is certainly something that I would be interested in trying next time I need a rental car. Um, and I know that we recently were having some car trouble, so we had to get a rental and it's just such a pain. Like it's not a seamless process. So it seems like this is a great area and a great market for, you know, Lyft or Uber to be getting into because there's a lot of room for improvement from a customer experience perspective, but also just the reach and the fact that it's still going back to moving people around, um, which is really the core mission of Lyft. Um, it makes a lot of sense. So I really like this story and I think this is a super smart move um, by Lyft. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think it's an interesting move for them uh, in, in sort of, in a way, you know, kind of doing it before Uber or, or any of the other providers out there, I think is a smart move for them. Um, you know, like they, they go out of their way in the announcement to kind of talk about integration with Android Auto and, and Apple CarPlay and all that. I don't know, like, well, well, you know, like I, that, that doesn't matter to me, but the fact that I can rent a car from them at, at this kind of flat rate, mm -hmm. um, you know, makes sense to me. I love the, the, the discount, um, in terms of getting people there, um, as well. I think that makes a ton of sense. They also uh, talk about this thing called Lyft Pink, uh, which is this yeah. plan for, for riders looking for discounts on car, uh, bike or scooter rides, which is sort of like a flat fee, nineteen ninety nine a month. Um, and that includes like 15% discounts on all car rides. So I think you're going to see more and more of this type of sort of subscription service. And I think I was talking to some other uh, folks uh, here in Toronto recently uh, who live in, in the downtown core and, you know, they don't have a car and their kids are like not interested in getting their driver's license and all of that. Right. But there is times where they do need to get out to the suburbs or they do need to get somewhere else. And, and so having, and they're used to using Uber and Lyft and services like that. Right. So having this idea of, you know, the service I already use, I'm already comfortable with, I already have my credit card stored in uh, and I can just rent a car as well uh, when I need it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our three uh, industry news stories for this week. Uh, we will shift over now to talk about uh, what some of our members have been up to. And uh, the first story uh, is from our good friends at Walmart. Uh, so Walmart has teamed up with Digimark, uh, and that's D-I-G-I-M-A-R-C, uh, for those of you who are listening um, and uh, watching, in case you're looking, trying to find them. So. You know, as is kind of this time of year, holidays, Christmas, uh, a lot of retailers are putting out their catalogs, you know, for shopping uh, purposes. Um, it's interesting. I think there's there's kind of been this rebirth of kind of the print catalog, right, for a lot of big uh, retail brands. Um, you know, I, like, I, I, I can still remember as a kid, like every Christmas, you know, sitting there with the catalog, going through, picking all the toys I wanted, all the stuff, right? And so what they're doing here is, is they're taking... Um, Digimark's technology, uh, which is called Scan and Shop, and they've integrated it into the Walmart app. 
Um, so essentially what, what you can do is, is using, um, in the catalog itself, they have these enhanced pages with the Digimark barcodes. And then it doesn't matter if it's iOS, iOS or Android, it, it works on both. You can basically scan the item from the catalog and then takes you right to kind of a purchasing decision directly from the, uh, from the catalog itself. So I think that's, that's really cool. I think it's simple. Uh, these guys have been at it for a long time, Digimark that is. Um, they do a lot of work in sort of authentication of product and you know, uh, preventing you know, fraudulent product and things like that uh, for a lot of luxury brands. Um, you know, because they, they, they really specialize in image recognition and, and, and those types of things as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, I think it's really cool um, that they can do this and, um, and, and to do this from print catalog in particular, I think is really interesting. Yeah, I like this a lot. Um, and it sounds like they chose a good partner with Digimark because they have been doing this for a long time. You know, kind of, uh, you know, something similar that we had talked about a while back is that, you know, Amazon was doing their uh, their toy catalog. And of course, I got one. Um, and, uh, you know, it had like stickers. So there's stickers on literally every toy in the entire catalog, which does not help out a parent at all <laughs> or a budget. Uh, but, you know, something that I was about the image recognition and like the, the shoppable, you know, through the app, I used my Amazon app and there was a QR code that was there and you would scan that and it was supposed to pull up, you know, the, the actual items that were in that, that particular picture and that photo and that page. Uh, within the Amazon app, but I was pretty disappointed with the um, like the UI and the UX of it because it just was a little bit, it was a little slow. A lot of times the products weren't right. Um, it wasn't actually what I was looking at on the page. Um, it also, there was a lot of times that the products that I was looking at weren't even there. You had to go to the camera and like every single time that you scan it, you had to go back and back and back. And it was like, you know, too many touches, too much, and it just wasn't a great experience in terms of ease of use, which would really be the point whenever you're trying to shop anything. Um, but it sounds like with Digimark, because it is image recognition based and not QR code based, there maybe is a capability to make it a better user experience. So I kind of hope I get this catalog to test out as well, but uh, you go. I, like, I like the idea. <laughs> you're so lucky. We don't get all these things up here in Canada. <laughs> I'll send so, you mine. We do still have Toys R Us though. So yeah, there's you. that. There's that. So, um, all right. All right. So moving on to Google, Google has announced some more local features, uh, for all of those local businesses that like to advertise or promote, um, within the search platform. So they said that there were 350 times more searches for keywords like, um, local and near me. So like pizza near me or local tire shop, um, compared to 10 years ago. So it's reaching a record high, uh, for local shops, um, in 2018. This is based on last year's statistics. So obviously this is growing and um, I, I would say that this is not really, um, you know, rocket science. I think we see that it's growing because there's more capabilities with uh, within search and localization um, than there much more than there were 10 years ago. But they've um, also planned to expand this and add campaign tools to help businesses. So um, they'll provide directions to consumers, they'll provide information, and they're saying this will help increase phone calls and traffic to stores. 
Um, so some of the features that will, they'll promote businesses in Google Maps as well. So they'll have these local pins um, and it'll be able to, um, you, you can have promoted pins. So it's something now that you can pay to advertise and promote your pins. And within the maps, it's basically a new way for businesses to highlight their, um, to highlight their locations. When people are searching for directions, they can kind of highlight, hey, like there's also this going on, um, you know, nearby where you're going. Uh, sort of, I would say, probably similar to maybe what Waze has been doing for a long time. And when you're stopped, you kind of see those alerts. So similar to when you're booking those directions, you have some promoted pins that are nearby. Um, local campaigns can also showcase product-specific information uh, within these pins and promote their businesses there. Um, but an interesting statistic that they did mention is that 45% of global shoppers have used buy online, pick up in store to get their items from a local store within the Google search. So obviously this is a convenience factor and going back to that, um, which I think makes it a, a more alluring feature for local businesses. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, Google's always trying to figure out how to optimize their search and where else can they sell advertising? And now it is moving to local pins and maps. So they are just advertising everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I, I like the idea of the promoter pins. I think it's, it's a simple, easy change for them to do that. Um, maybe, in, you know, I don't know what the, the impact on the revenue side will be for them, but interestingly enough, they, in the same article, they said that uh, they estimate that they've got more than 2 billion offers mapped to physical stores across 12 countries right now uh, through their local inventory ads. So yeah. that to me is interesting um, because you know, if you think about that, um, 2 billion offers, right? Um, and that's just 12 countries, right? If they, you know, you start to expand this out, think about even even the impact of stories we talked about earlier, like Delivery Hero and stuff, uh, in terms of being able to kind of understand the movements of these people, what they're searching for, and how you can kind of promote offers or promote pins, um, you know, to, to drive traffic. I think <clears throat> there's a lot of opportunity here, right? And you sort of have to think about it as, kind of, you know, the cart before the horse, right? So you might go and search for pizza near me and then, um, you know, find the, the place that you want it from and then some sort of, you know, delivery service kicks in, right? So, you, you know, there's definitely a role for everybody to play in this. Um, <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm surprised that Google is not in the delivery business, honestly. Yep. <clears throat> they're so. testing out their drones, so they're getting there. There you go. All right, so our final story uh, is about a partnership uh, between Place IQ and Fourth Wall Media. Uh, so Fourth Wall Media is one of the leaders in television analytics. Um, so these guys are all about sort of measuring uh, the impact of, of TV advertising uh, through their platform called Fourth Wall Reveal. Um, so basically it offers anonymized matching of TV ad exposures with mobile location data to determine the impact of the TV ad campaigns on store traffic. And it's the latter part, the store traffic, that they haven't been able to do on their own and enter you know, the partnership with Place IQ. So you know, Place IQ obviously has been at this for a long time. They have their sort of visit metrics and other things that they've um, you know, built over the years. Um, and um, yeah, it, really at the end of the day, you know, regardless of what media it is, in this case it's television, but could be out of home, could be radio, could be whatever. You know, I think the industry overall, the media buyers overall, are looking for ways to get better attribution and understand, you know, not just did somebody see that ad, uh, but did that ad actually result in traffic? 
Um, and furthermore, I think maybe this, this partnership doesn't even go far enough is, you know, yeah, okay, we can attribute the traffic, but did that traffic actually convert into some sale or purchase? Um, and to what extent? So I think that's kind of the part that a lot of the industry is still trying to figure out right now. And, and so, you know, there's, there's a need for more integration, you know, with indoor location, micro location platforms, uh, CRM and point of sale systems and loyalty platforms as well. Uh, to then link up to these attribution systems um, to kind of give you a sort of a, a more holistic picture. But I think TV is one of those areas where, you know, it's been lacking um, uh, to some extent. And so I think this is a good partnership for, for fourth wall in place IQ. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, the partnership definitely makes sense. Measurability is uh, the probably the most important thing when it comes to advertising, right? Um, and so getting one step closer uh, for them in terms of attribution or, you know, you can't obviously get the true conversion in terms of purchase at this point. It's a difficult thing to do well. Um, but, you know, at least just reporting on who went where when uh, is, is a very helpful thing. And obviously, I think that the TV space is huge. And I think we're going to see a lot more of these types of partnerships and um, you know, the ability to sort of measure and attribute um, over the next year. It's not going anywhere, right? I mean, they say seven, $70 billion invested in TV advertising, you know, in yeah. at least. So that, that, that's a big number, right? $70 billion. Um, And I wonder, like, what the split is these days between sort of, like, broadcast TV and kind of the over-to-the-top Netflixes and Primes and Disneys and whatever now, right? Um, Ad spend? Yeah. I recently heard some of the statistics. I think that it's still obviously much heavier on um, linear than it is on OTT or CTV, but it's definitely growing. And I think next year it's going to almost double what it did this year. So. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. You've been listening to episode number 444 of Location Weekly. Uh, yes, that, I'm going to keep saying that until I get it. Uh, that's the new name of our, uh, of our LBMA podcast show. Uh, thank you for listening and watching every week. We hope you like the new branding. Please reach out to us and give us uh, story ideas, feedback. Uh, tell us what you think. Uh, we, are, we love doing the show every week for you. Uh, Abriana, have a great week and everyone else too. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye.